0: No, that's not what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm saying I'm going to play my one. (laughs) I'm going to play my one now. I feel like you need it now more than I do. I do. I've had a very unfortunate start to the day.
1: I just feel like it's about to get better, man. It can only get better. (laughs) It's about to get better. What
0: would you say is like the your favorite part of uh, the creative process of creating content? I think like this is the worst, right? Like setting it up. Making yeah, getting everything
1: work. ready till like you actually produce is, or you actually get the job done is is the worst. Yeah. And I feel like um, that's the
0: most important part in some ways.
1: Yeah, because it's the the impression
0: that is made.
1: It's where people can decide or figure out if they feel comfortable or not.
0: Yeah, mm. what do you think you need to do to just like get into like forget the hype song? Don't worry, we've started now. Oh, we started. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> what What did you intend on building something that would actually you know be big enough to be considered a media company and not just a creator platform or like uh you know influencers YouTube channel? Like you you've built a media company. Is that the Was that the intention at the beginning?
1: No, it wasn't the intention. I think. The intention has always been storytelling. And then as we've gone along that process, we learned a lot of production skills because myself, um, as well as my team members, Norma and Bongani, none of us mm. are really uh, academically trained, one would say, in the film space. So I, I've
0: never really met a content creator that actually went to, say, film school, art school, um, photography school, yeah. any of that. Like, it's always... Um, You know, it's always the people that want to learn about those things and like want to tell stories and just have to learn those skills in order to tell the stories. Yeah.
1: So it's it's the curiosity that that leads you as you go on this learning curve. But
0: I feel like it would be such a big advantage if I went to like film school. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel now
1: as well, because it's it's a thing of you want to be able to be the best at it as well. You don't want to just be good at what you do or have your personal contribution be the only thing that makes you stand out. You want to make sure that the quality and everything with it as well is on par.
0: Yeah. And what's the process of just learning about those things? Like, what what's that been like? Because you guys have gotten to a point where you could basically shoot a film for
1: someone, possibly. It's literally been one step at a time. It literally started off with using phones and then from phones it was the the one camera with the tripod from the one camera and the tripod to the multi-cam and the different tripods you know and then having different camera operators um bongani leading the team obviously from the videography side so everything has just been as it's it's happened we are very big and myself as well i'm very big on using the opportunity to learn now so If I see something that'll be really dope, I'm like, okay, how can we do this? And then we do research about it and see how that would be possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, like, obviously, you know, starting off with phones and stuff like that, you always think that... Um, I always feel like people put too much pressure on themselves to have it be perfect that the first time around. Yeah. Like, you're not necessarily in the process of learning and, like, just really you know, progressing through these stages of like creating with just the basics and then until you have, you know, maybe say something like a podcast studio or like an entire team which you have. um, What's the
1: difference in experiences, you know, then versus now? Now it's, everything seems very possible. I think back then you have an idea and it seems like there's all these different things in between that will stop you from executing it. And now it's like, we've built somewhat of a portfolio. We have access to different types of people. We can start conversations with people and brands that we never thought we'd be able to. So it just feels like things are a lot more accessible and possible, which you wouldn't necessarily think of when you start with your phone or you start with one camera. But uh, I think for us, it started with an idea. And as you said, your idea is one thing, execution is another, but there's power in the idea. Mm. And there's power in it not not being perfect because in it not being perfect, you then, you know, edge it out and you're able to identify what your specific contribution as a creator is. And I think everybody has to have that Mm. because the process is so difficult. It's Mm. so lonely. It's not always exciting and it's not always as glamorous as it looks. And you need to be able to, You know look to that thing that sets you apart look to that thing that you personally contribute to the work that makes it feel fulfilling yeah
0: and it does sort of feel like you guys have a much deeper purpose than just like creating stories and you know creating videos for possible you know likes subscribes yeah like there's a deeper purpose towards that do you think that was something that you had right at the beginning and, like, it's just carried you guys through or is it just something that formed itself through the process of, you know, creating this work that you guys create?
1: I've always been big on creating videos that I wish I had access to when I was younger. Yeah. So I think that's always the lens that I use when it comes to or that I had from the beginning that has led us to now is trying to create videos that create empathy that create understanding uh, that show identity so that if you are in every in, in any type of trial or, or trauma you're able to, to, to hold on to those videos and get some type of hope. So I think even in the edits which I personally do, um, I always try and make sure that it reaches that purpose because every video that we try and, that we make has an intention and the intention is always to help and build. Mm. Um, it can be different audiences that it's doing that, but it's always to help and build people to see themselves. So that was
0: just like from the beginning? From the beginning, because. So, so what were you watching as a kid that you felt like, you know what, was not sufficient? <laughs> I was watching,
1: back in the day, I was watching, I didn't watch much TV, mm-hmm. but I used to watch uh, YouTube itself, and there was Soul Pancake um there was Ju- there's still jubilee there's still soul pancake those are the two main channels that i used to watch, I used to watch uh casey nice like when i was really obsessed with youtube yes yes, there's yes. a lot of
0: like casey nice and the
1: vlogging yeah yeah there, there was that phase where there was the <laughs> everyone was going vlogs. crazy about that like yes. yo
0: like the edits were insane yeah you know, people really put in work like what do you think um has shifted now, right? I feel like, um, and this is a thought that I've sort of been building on and really trying to figure out content and like creative work is becoming more and more disposable where maybe people don't appreciate it for long enough for it yeah. to make the creator go, okay, I need to work on this longer mm. um, and really make sure it's like the best version of what I think it could be.
1: Yeah. I think being a creator is, is uh, I don't I don't know how to, to say this, but... I just don't think it's as as fun and as exciting as people think it is. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot of work, not only to put the end product out, but there's a part of yourself that you're putting out in that product too. So there's a lot of soul searching that happens in your work. There's a lot of, you know, critiquing, trying to perfect. So it really isn't as... As easy as people think. What would you say the hardest thing about being a creator is? I think it's staying in the race. Mm. Uh, Because even with the economy and uh, the opportunities that we get, they're not as consistent as having your normal nine to five. So it's that thing of, there's a lot of mental games. There's a lot of planning that you need to do in order to ensure that you can live out this dream. So as much as, you know, with our work on defining it's, it's very impactful. It's very thought provoking. It's very, you know, wholesome and good energy and good vibes. And, you Mm. know, Mm. you just feel good at the Mm. end of your day. There's a lot of strictness and determination and discipline that is happening behind the scenes that uh, you have to have or else it's that thing of you're just not going to make it. And, uh, you know, a lot of, YouTubers ask us for advice um, and 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 they they always say that you know the the YouTube space now is there's too many youtubers now it's too late uh, for me to join the game too late for me to make content and you know I always say back you know a lot of people start but not a lot of people finish so it's the finishing. And the sticking in the race, which I feel like is the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I
0: think like maybe that's um, not necessarily spoken about because it seems like, you know, the guys that have been successful have always been successful and they've been ex- successful for a very long time. But then, you know, you have a, like an anomaly where one creator comes up, brand new creator, gets all the numbers, whatever, and then you get another one. It sort of cycles, right? And yeah. Yeah. Like <clears throat> The, the idea of sustainability being the like biggest challenge of being a creator for me just like speaks to possibly like, are we doing enough or challenging ourselves enough to grow things that are like bigger than ourselves maybe? Yeah.
1: That's what I was going to say. Sustainability requires growth. And I think that's where the question mark is. Uh, what growth is actually happening where you can see yourself beyond just creating in the, in the process, the in the process that you are right now. Mm. And what do you
0: like, um, I mean, obviously, at the beginning, it, this you don't game it out completely, right? Yeah. Like, you just want to make stuff that you love and you really care about. So you mm. just, you know, uh, you know, you make a podcast with your phone, you make a podcast with a microphone, and you just hope that this will just keep being fun. Yeah, keep but going. at some point, maybe it's not fun, and now it's work, and, like, you need to plan out maybe possibly making it an agency or a company or mm. a media company or whatever else it is. Um, did you think about, like, what it would look like long-term in, like, 10, 20 years
1: not, not at all. Also, initially. how long have you been doing this? As well, so this is quite crazy. So, <laughs> the channel was first defining Dennis. I remember this. Okay, then, um, which was started in December 2015. Posted one video, then went sabbatical. Came back more consistently, I think, later in 2016, and then in February 2019. Um, it changed to defining. And the reason why it moved from defining Dennis to defining was because I thought that, well, I realized that my story individually can only reach so many people. Mm. And at the time, there wasn't as many local creators on YouTube. So that's where it became defining. And it wasn't about celebrities or influencers or anything like that. It was just about bringing more people along mm. to to share their stories and to show the, uh, multifaceted multifaceted uh, side of of you know black people mm. and it it naturally has been growing and now we're having those conversations where it's like we can produce adverts, we can do a lot of agency yeah. work. So how do we go about that? However, even in the process of all of that, uh Dennis is also an individual. Mm. And Dennis also is growing throughout the process and Dennis also has his own individual dreams that he has outside of defining because I'm also still young I can also still you know I believe in in trying as many things as you can while you're young so that's where it's a bit of a a difficult conversation (laughs) what's your
0: what's your dream show what do you mean dream show (laughs) like if you could
1: produce anything right now I think right now I, I would want to make a film I want to make movies so I think that's Dennis's aspiration outside of defining. I think we we produce good shows there but I think Dennis wants to really become a a filmmaker so I think I'm I'm really starting to have conversations with myself regarding Mm -hmm. that it's not easy because once again it's like I'm starting at uh, level zero and trying to figure out what is my thing (laughs) yes (laughs) so it's quite an exciting thing but at the same time I would have never seen myself doing this if it hadn't been for defining mm. because at the end of the day, I still have an engineering background. Yeah. So if it was not through this content creation journey, which was a hobby and then it became a big thing and, uh, you know, my, my main job now prior to that, it was just a possibility. Mm. And then once I went against that possibility and towards it rather, then new possibilities are now rising so interesting conversations are happening and i'm excited to see how things look on the other side
0: yeah i always like think about um people that need to make content that has more impact or like is mainly driven to create like a positive energy in people right yeah really help them through things or learn about things or just like learn from other people and there seems to be a bigger investment to try and make sure that that content actually matters to the person on the other end. Yeah. But it also probably takes a lot more work to try and create that versus say, you know, a piece that might just be like disposable content, fun yeah. times, virality, whatever, but like, we'll forget about it by tomorrow or that by the time you refresh your, you know, Twitter feed. Yeah. Um, Does it take more out of you to have to, you know, think about the impact that the content that you make actually has. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that aren't thinking about those things.
1: Yeah, it's it's very important because we started with that intention. So now mm. when defining has grown to where it is, it's that thing of people are actually now holding us to the fire when it comes to <laughs> actually being considerate of different uh, types of stories and different types of people. So I think initially we were definitely like, yeah, no, we want to be inclusive. We want to be about good stories. Mm. And now everyone's like, yeah, no, let's be about it. And (laughs) we're like, okay. And it's saying, your audience
0: will hold you accountable.
1: They will. And that's the thing is that they are their own identity. Um, When you start something, it's like you, 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 you put your vision so close to it. um, Your own personal vision towards your goal vision that uh, with time, those two sometimes can, can split because the audience and the people who support it uh, can take it in a, In a different direction. I always think
0: um, you're also someone that has a community more than an audience. Yeah. Like people that deeply care about the content at a a level that maybe they don't care about most content. Um, Do you feel a responsibility to honor them as well? Definitely.
1: Like, at the end of the day, even in what we're doing now, it's still a big learning curve. And even in investing more time in it, it's still something that is relatively new in South Africa in terms of taking content creation to the next level and uh, especially with us where we are not in all of the videos it's a bit more challenging to then bridge that gap between just being content creators and having a full-fledged business Mm -hmm. so because of that there has to be the passion because the passion and the intention of serving your community and enjoying your community, if that's not there, then like you being able to just push through the storms of trying to make it would be very difficult. So yeah, we hold our audience to a very high regard.
0: Mm. And like um, have you guys, you know, through the process of building what you're building now, um, how do you maintain a team or even just start like building a team? Because I think that You know, something that holds back a lot of creators is just just that singular thing of just um you are the source, the font and the everything, right? So you create the content, edit it, publish it, market it, promote it, and then try and monetize it. (laughs) Versus say, you know, you have a team where someone is responsible for certain parts of this and it becomes more of a system and rather than just like we one individual. So how do you really go from, you know, defining Dennis to building out a defining and then going, okay, you're responsible for this, you're responsible for this. So how do you find the right people to be working with? Yeah, And then on top of that, just, you know, how do you build out those
1: systems to like really getting everyone aligned on why we're doing what we're doing? So when it comes to finding the right people, I think for me, I was very lucky in the sense that... Everyone
0: everyone I asked this question to says the same thing. I was lucky. Hey I'm man, like, luck, yo, plays, luck plays a big skill. role skill though no no no. we're gonna get to the <laughs> developing
1: but uh, for example with bongani who's the videographer yeah. he was doing a video he was the the videographer for someone else mm. and then i was supposed to interview or i ended up interviewing russell simmons and at the time i couldn't do my camera setup and be in front of the camera uh with the time period um mm. that that they give you. Because when there's certain conversations that you have with certain people, they give you a certain time period to to engage with them. So with Bongani, it was more of a thing of, I need someone. I saw him work with someone else that I trusted. And from there, we genuinely got along. He enjoyed the content that I was trying to create and the intention behind it. And from there, um, we have been together since. With Norma, who is my producer, she and I met on a bus on the way to church. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were both not familiar with one another. We were not familiar with anyone else in that bus either because we were going to that church for the very first time. And we just had a nice connection. And as we were getting to know one another, I could see how curious she was mm. and how she would ask certain questions. Mm. So with Noma, it's not necessarily her having interest in the, in the industry per se, but it was seeing certain qualities in her that I saw could really make a good producer. Mm. And I saw that she was interested in the industry, but at the same time didn't necessarily think that she could play a role in it. So Mm. with Noma, it was that thing of showing her how I was producing things at the time and then going on a journey with her, showing her how, or both of us learning as well, how to produce better. I think with the the team that I have, all of us are very intentional about being better because we all want to serve the story as best as we can. Mm. So obviously I lead with vision and I lead with um, discipline and I lead with work ethic so that mm-hmm. they can see that something is being done and uh, they're a part of a team that is moving constantly and they mm-hmm. wanna make sure that they're part of that, that um, momentum. So that requires me as the leader to communicate efficiently, ensure certain tasks are clearly defined and uh, that we are all aligned even when things don't make sense or it's something that even i'm not familiar with it's still about making sure that i find a way to make sure we are still aligned so that whatever challenges come we we bring all of our minds together and we're able to to take it over so i feel like as a team in terms of growing it's just been very organic it's been very intentional and um, it's been been very purposeful because one thing about me i believe you're gonna make it mm-hmm. so it's just about bringing in the different building blocks that allow you each day to see that you are making it in whatever small way yeah and
0: how much of a difference does it make you know ver- going from like you know just a creator one person you know trying to build everything out versus having a team how much of a difference is that experience um in the creative process and like really the results as well
1: it's incredible because for example I know I said it to you in a conversation that we had um, earlier on in the year where I said that Bongani is the videographer. He has a lot of cameras. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get your, your tech geeks that are looking out and seeing what's the latest this, the latest that, the latest road mics, um, the latest um, MacBooks, the latest cameras, the latest equipment, um, the different lighting companies that we have in South Africa, for example, that's his department. Mm-hmm. so. I'm not your guy when it comes to that and (laughs) I think that's the most important thing when it comes to building a team Mm. is being able to have someone that you know is more knowledgeable than you in certain things but also you know you can trust them in the sense that with that knowledge we'll be able to bridge a gap instead yeah. of create any type of inferiority how do you build that
0: trust you know i think like that's th- like the biggest thing that holds back creators from starting to recruit people building a, a company or like just any any creator or entrepreneur it's always that sort of trust barrier that needs to be like overcame mm. overcome what I don't know what the right word is. I'm hearing but you. But there's a trust barrier that needs to be, like, conquered, right? And, like, you need to be able to go, okay, you know what? I've gone from you are a service provider to, hey, we are doing this together. Yeah, This is, like, a team thing. I trust you. How do you earn or build that trust with someone? It's a
1: two-way street. I'm someone who trusts first, and then if my hand gets burnt, then I, like...
0: Trust, but Verify.
1: Yes. So yeah. so that's my 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 <laughs> type of energy. I try and trust first because you need to enable people to to show you their true colours. Yeah. So I think for me it's really been about trusting them. And if they don't know, they can also say. You also don't want to put someone in a position where they are not capable and they don't want to be capable. Mm. And you would only be able to know that they don't wanna be capable to do those things or make capacity for it if you're on the same page. Mm. So I think trust is definitely something where you have to try first and based off of the feedback from that trust, you can see if you can give feedback regarding that and you can build it Mm. or whether it's a thing of, Hey man, we're just going to have to let this slide, you know, and then onto the, the next one.
0: It always sort of um, feels as if like something needs to happen before things actually work for a creator. Yeah. Like, the work the the whatever in the background, but like was there a moment you guys knew that it worked, like that like it clicks that, oh wait, we've created something here that people care about, yeah, people really are invested in watching this, sharing it, building a community around it, like was there a moment that you knew that you know what we've got something here
1: so the first episode of defining love, mm-hmm. which is a popular show on the channel, um, that was the first time the team and I worked collectively on a project Mm. so essentially it was supposed to be not even a series it was supposed to be an advert that i was creating for a for a brand for valentine's day and that's Mm -hmm. where the letter thing comes from Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a random so in the defining love episodes you know there's a part where people read love letters to one another and that came up because i was trying to create an advert for a brand that they didn't ask for uh, but I was just, you know, trying to shoot my shot because that's yeah. what you do. You try different avenues and you try different things. And uh, we interviewed about five different couples that day. And that was the first time the team and I worked together. Then I produced that ad. It was two minutes. Uh, Brand didn't really give it any airtime. But after that shoot, there was a, one of the couples that we interviewed was polyamorous. And as a collective, there at the shoot, all of us had a different interpretation of what happened in that conversation. Because you can imagine, um, it was a guy and a girl Mm -hmm. in this polyamorous relationship. And the guy is the one who is polyamorous. Okay whereas his girlfriend is trying to understand um, where he's coming from and is adapting to what he is exploring at the moment. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting shooting that because different people in the shoot were looking for different things, body language, um, how they communicate. (laughs) Is this a real thing? Because obviously we are at the time we were more so exposed to polygamy and that was through uh tradition uh, mm. but all of those stories were 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 older um generations there was nothing where it was like our peers who were doing this thing at the time now the internet is a bit more um people are sharing their stories a bit more mm. so now it, you know we are we are a lot more informed about Uh, polyamory and the different type of relationships you can have and all those type of things. But at the time, it was so interesting for us to see this couple. And then we posted the two-minute clip, and everyone was like, where's this other video that you guys were talking about um, that you guys were so confused about? We put it out, and the audience as well, they also were like trying to navigate this dialogue. (laughs) And the thing is, by the time they got to the love letter part, you would feel the love. So it was mm. that thing of this episode was like defying odds for people who were judging or people who had predetermined um, ideologies with regards to people in polyamory, uh, polyamorous relationships. So it was an interesting learning curve. And that was the thing where it's like, we definitely have something that works. Um, let's explore a different type of... Uh, conversations with different types of people that are different from us. Mm. And that was the thing that worked. And because we did it as a team and because that experience happened with all of us who are parts of the current team now as well, it just bonded us all very quickly. Mm. And because there's that vision, because that there's, that there's that thing that you can look back to, um, that piece of work and you can say, this is what I did to make this happen. This is mm. what I did to contribute to this. I, this is what I did to make a bigger conversation. Mm. People see the value that they bring to the table and when someone sees their they value, they want to stay in that place. They want to nurture it. They, they want to be better at it yeah. because you can't improve something that you're not really aware of. Yeah. So through finding that thing, that definitely also built the team, built the trust, built everything else that we've been speaking about till now.
0: Yeah. And you know, You guys are talking about something that really matters to a lot of people. You know, love lives and just, like, relationships and, you know, the different types of relationships that exist and, like, um, the wide-ranging, you know, um, complexities, um, beautiful moments. You know, very wide, right? But what is your sort of... What's something that you've learned throughout the entire journey of, like, documenting other people's love journeys in the way that you have?
1: I think the interesting thing is that... Defining love, that show specifically, people just think it's a love show. Mm -hmm. But in how it's edited, in how the couples are chosen, uh, there's always a human story that people connect to um, that they've either used as something to stop them from experiencing Mm -hmm. love. So be it something like mental health, be it like... Um, sexual assault, and be it like our most re- recent episode where the one of the, the partners is HIV positive. Mm. So be it that, be it daddy issues, in between the episode, those important everyday life themes mm. are actually unpacked and addressed. Mm. So you may think you're just learning about this couple, but essentially you are seeing how some of our traumas reflect back into our relationships mm. and that's one thing that I've learned through defining love is that and through our content is that our traumas and the the, the walls that we build around ourselves show up in, in our relationships and the way in which we move life we can't act like those things are not connected yeah and I think that's something that the, the channel has definitely shown
0: yeah has there been a video that sort of subscribed surprised you in any way that made you just go you know what happened there that we might have missed that the audience caught or like thought about differently than the way we put it out
1: i'm not sure that's i have to think that's a good question i'm not sure
0: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm really not sure how do you how do you build out the sort of thinking to um, make a, a show sure format I think that's an interesting question. Just like you guys clearly have something that works in the way that you've shaped it. Mm. How does another creator sort of take, what is there a formula to building out this framework on what makes a good format?
1: I think for me, I like things connecting. I, I like dots mm-hmm. connecting and things coming 360 and an episodes starting in one place, ending in another place, but just with more understanding and, uh, yeah, so I think for me, it's just about always seeing that that there's a thread throughout whatever content you're creating from the beginning to the end, even if it doesn't make sense. Like how the topic that you are covering is being introduced. I'm a very big, I'm very big on making sure that there's a there's a thread and that there's certain ideologies that you are trying to hit. I don't like overpopulating content with different. Uh, ideologies and different themes and different topics because I I just think it's going to really overwhelm the the viewer or whoever's consuming it. So, so
0: keeping it as simple as possible. Like keeping
1: yeah. keeping it as simple as possible and keeping the most important thing as the most important. So mm. if it's for example with us the conversations that happen, it's the conversations that happen that's going to be at the at the forefront. If it's going to be highlighting one theme, um, in the in the introduction part of uh whatever segment or show it's going to be doing exactly that so we try and corner things as much as possible and then from there see how much stuff we can fill into it without um yeah putting too many too many things in one yeah yeah
0: and you know you guys don't really fall into the sort of um trap of youtube or say um general social media content of just making very clickbaity content right like yeah you guys clearly are having you have a a thought process where you really think of it as being something that needs to be sustained and like people must engage with it in in the most positive way as well um what informs the style of that content you know how do you guys bring that across that hey this is we're not trying to trick you into watching this yeah this
1: is just like really good for you I think it's because we genuinely would support and watch the content that we create. Mm. So we also think of it from a viewer's perspective. So once I finish the edit, I send it through to the team as well and some outside people too, just to gather perspective and to see what they're thinking about it. So I think we we honestly enjoy the content that we create and want to reflect it as real as possible. Mm. However, we are aware that it's also... A business. So as much as we aren't the most clickbaity, uh, there are certain elements of certain things that we also do instill and include as well, because we have to grow. Uh, you can be nice vibes, good energy all day, every day, but there's still things that you need to do um, that will propel you forward. And uh, YouTube is a business. They want to ensure that people will stay on that platform for as much as possible. So you have to make your stuff as engaging as possible, so even though our content might not be clickbaity, um, the way that it's edited is very fast-paced. Mm. The sound that is used um, is very uh, hip. It's very relatable. Uh, it's very fresh. So there's different elements of things that we use as well, just to make sure that we still hit all the the points without having to necessarily have the the clickbait title
0: yeah i always think that um youtube is probably one of the if youtube comment section was extracted and became its own social media platform yeah it would probably be like only under twitter um how have you sort of navigated you know accepting feedback obviously with youtube it's very open right so yeah anyone can sort of spew whatever they decide to um how did you take feedback at the very beginning when it wasn't as good as you wanted it to be and how do you
1: think of it now i think because we are people who would watch and support our work as well i think we are we are quite we we critic our work quite um quite hard and uh, because of that we will identify things so even after every shoot we will be able to identify certain things that we could have done better Mm. um before it's taken to an extent where there's a long list of things that we are not happy with a long list of things that we need to improve Um, we all work towards it as a collective so I think just the open conversation and being open to change I think we're also not perfect We also didn't start with the most resources so it really is normal to not be where you want to be and um, to not have everything in between but it's just about trying and I think with our audience, we're very lucky. Our comment section is very peaceful. It's very wholesome. Um, <laughs> good. So, yeah, we get the energy we give out. That's true. And I'm grateful that they've they've kept that.
0: Yeah. And how do you think of, like, what the future looks like for the platform?
1: And then we'll talk about just you. For the platform, I think it's, it's like, it's exciting because it's, like, defining or defining itself is it's going through its own defining journey mm. to figure out how it will stand out uh not only making YouTube videos but storytelling overall. How mm. can we take things to the to the next level? So not sure if I'm really answering your question, but I mean <laughs> hey man, we try we try what is
0: what has kept you going throughout the years? And not just with the content creation, just in general.
1: I have a really supportive family mm. um have a really supportive family and on top of that, I am also a first generation South African mm. so my parents are not from here, so I was born here and because of that i don't have i don't have another opportunity mm. um being here is my opportunity so it's not as simple as like yay or nay. It's a thing of, you're going to go do it because mm. it, this is my only option. So I think because of that, I've, I've just been, even when we were younger, our parents have just instilled a, a very hardworking and a very disciplined approach to things because really we are here, um, in a world of, of, of opportunity. So I think yeah. that just keeps me going, just looking into my support and doing the work I feel like that's a,
0: a, a, a
1: perception
0: um, a perspective that's missing in South Africa um, what does it mean to you and like what what's the experience of being you know a child of immigrant immigrant parents because that's uh, very common thing in America where you yeah. have that perspective but like um, I'd love if you could share that
1: yeah it's really hard work because um, there are a lot of valid injustices, but mm. um, can't really complain about it because had we not been here, a lot of the opportunities that we have wouldn't wouldn't be possible. So it really is just about trying to make the most out of the spaces that we occupy and um, just trying to push through and work hard. Do you feel like you have room to fail? I do now because I started a podcast when I was in first year. Way back in the day, way, 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 way back. Um, <laughs> that time he was talking about 2015 or something. <laughs> what way, way back? <laughs> if you don't want to
0: age yourself, no, you're right. okay. no, 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 you're right.
1: <laughs> you're right. Um, it was 2014, but you know. <laughs> way, way back in the day, 2014. Bro, I have to sit and think about this, okay? <laughs> so, you no, know, so I, I had a podcast. Then I started the channel. Then I was also like doing my industrial engineering degree. And uh, did a TED talk, did a net bank talk for success. So this thing of hustling, I, I did TV and radio as well when I was in high school. So this thing of hustling has been in my blood for a very long time. But I think last year, I just got to a point where I said, okay, let's look at this track record. Dennis, you can become a success. So let's live life a bit. Yeah. And uh, that's become more of a more of a priority. And through that... I've been able to create more room for failure. However, because of having had all that time of working hard, you learn a lot of lessons along the way. Mm. So it's not like you approach things like um, you don't get into things not informed, Mm -hmm. um, which then allows you to progress much quicker. So, yeah, I just think those things have really helped me. Um, see that I can I can fail and failure is also part of the process mm. and there's nothing wrong with me if I fail um, but that's just been a personal yeah. journey. I don't. I always
0: I always thought like um, the thing that would unlock like some of the best talent and some of the best skills and some of the best just like gifted people is just having a very different relationship with failure. Yeah, one that was um, meeting failure as a friend. Mm. And not necessarily a foe like enemy, yeah, um accepting that it's actually got a lot to teach mm. and not just a lot to take or break, yeah, and I think um you someone that thinks very consciously about their mental health, right, and like yeah, how do you think um this pandemic, and I say this pandemic because we're still in it, even yeah. though it sort of finally feels like we're in normal, how do you think it's changed um? How you think about your mental health and you sp- you spoke about just wanting to live life a bit as well. Yeah,
1: I think because of everything that I've said till now, one thing that I'm busy navigating is trying to be the main character in my own life, which is something that I'm still honestly trying to figure out because having this track record of having to perform, having to be successful... Um, even in the different relationships that you have, you want to also outperform those because mm. this is now part of your blood. Mm. And you then end up putting a lot of different people um, and a lot of different things you prioritize there more than you prioritize yourself. Mm. So I think with the pandemic, it allowed me to put a pause and it allowed me to really start looking at what do I prioritize mm. and where, exa- where exactly is my peace. Mental health is is, is really important, but being able to, have inner peace um, is unmatched, mm. so I always look for for where my peace is at where my where my mental health is at, and I think the the pandemic has really helped me prioritize that and and lean more into it because i I see a lot of power in Understanding your vulnerabilities mm. sharing them that's a different conversation, but <laughs> I think it's very important to be able to understand them because being able to understand them can also prepare you forward mm. yeah,
0: and what are some of the things that you do when you just like want to
1: switch off? Well, I'm very selfish with my my me time that's something that is like <laughs> priority number two on my on my daily um My my to-do list. I always prioritize just having those mental check-ins with myself and knowing where I'm at. Mm. Um, Because the last place I want to be is, is, is confused when trying to engage with other people. And now we're both confused. And now I have to come back. And have another conversation <laughs> because I, I try to engage and I was just not in a in a proper place. So I try and always make sure that I'm like in a all right place. And if I am confused or whatever, I'm in a space where we'll be able to deal with that confusion together instead of it's a surprise for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. You,
0: you've sort of seen like a lot of um, content creators or just entrepreneurs really take like, the the pandemic took its toll on them. Yeah, because you know opportunities dried up and like businesses had to close and things had to change.
1: Yeah, and how do you navigate failure? Sure, that's a difficult one. Um, I think I'm just someone who is very. I I I rationalize things quite well, uh, so I don't stick to to something for for I don't I don't. I don't. I don't stick to the bad side of the failure for too long. Mm. So I'm someone who will try and rationalize it if I can. If I can't, I I I charge it to the game. Mm. But in charging it to the game, I will feel the anger. I will feel the resentment. I'll feel the confusion. I'll feel the defeat. I'll feel the the anguish towards having tried and put myself out there, <laughs> and I just not gonna work out, really. Um, so. I allow myself to go through all those things and then after that I, I then just recoup and then I, I try and make the most out of my time in general. So I think just sticking with failure for a long time just doesn't, doesn't it's just not part of my mm. my personality. Do you
0: think your community understands when you might not be feeling, you know, yourself? Not at and all. Not, and not like willing to make a video or like you need time to yeah. just like,
1: you know? Not at all, because I don't think that... I think I've I've been very blessed, and that's the conversation I'm having as well with my team and with myself, is that I've been very blessed with the community, but at the same time, um, that community knows defining very well. And they know a lot of parts of Dennis because they've been able to experience me throughout the years. But I think recently, post-pandemic, um, I don't think we've had much conversation. So I don't think that they'll they'll really be able to know what's up, but also that is because I also don't share like that. Um, I think a lot of people use their social media as an outlet, and I think with how my social media has been used till this point, there's there's a certain level of um, of uh, content or whatever I share that that you can expect. You know, it'll always be of a certain um, calibre. So I don't think they'll they'll really know if if your boy's down bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so
0: why have you built that separation between yourself and the platform and the community like do you feel like that protects you a bit just to make sure that you're okay and you can sort of um have you know a distance yeah um in some ways
1: yeah i definitely think so i'm someone who really believes that like success is coming my way one way or another Mm. so i'm not big on like forcing it or, or or rushing it to happen So that gives me a lot of time to be um, lenient towards myself and be able to take in failure and process it because I'm not rushing towards a certain point. I know that I'll reach that point through different steps. So with having that bridge, I understood for a certain amount of time that defining required for me to be behind the camera and to have a certain approach to things. Mm. And that has protected me because... I've never had this much or this big of a community before. Mm. So if I had to deal with the community on a personal basis, it would be very, very overwhelming and I wouldn't know what to, to how to approach it. But having had the chance to do it through defining has not only given me, but my, my, my team, the opportunity to see what success looks like with defining without necessarily having to like force ourselves to, to be um, in everything and be, at the forefront in terms of 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 exposing ourselves and our personal stories. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What what is a piece of advice that you wish you heard um when you started this journey of being a creator in South Africa?
1: Man. Just one though. <laughs> I always lean on 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 the one line um that I always carry with me and that's under the season that you're in. Uh, I think that has taken so much off my shoulders when I am frustrated or when I am unsure about things, it always just encourages me to just honor where I'm at with what I have. That's Mm -hmm. the one piece of advice that I carry with me. And I always try to see in my experiences, but also I encourage everybody else to honor what you have, what your story is, who you've got around you, what resources you have, honor that and it will multiply one way Mm -hmm. or another. But uh, if you're unable to honor where you currently are, there's going to be a lot of um, missing puzzle puzzle pieces along the way. So I do think that it's important to to just honor who you are, what you're about. And by honoring it, you're able to really acknowledge it and, and own it. Thank you so much.